Shabbat Shalom, everybody. We're on the eve of Shabbat of Parashat Nehemor. And the weekly vortex starts with a, a look at the week itself before we even get to Shabbat. The week included um, Pesach Shani. And Pesach Shani, exactly one month after the original Pesach, is the best example of the Jewish view that you get a second opportunity, you get a second chance. Um, without getting into the technical specifics, if uh, people missed Pesach for whatever reason, and there were only obviously specified reasons, they were given a second opportunity to participate. And that thought that you always have another chance is a symbol of the basic optimistic and hopeful outlook. We always have another chance. We always have another shot at reaching our goal. And uh, I, I hope that all of us who don't make it first time or easily maintain the energy to go back a second time. And that is just a powerful message from this week. Moving on to the parasha itself, uh, we see that the beginning of the parasha consists of detailed rules for the kohanim and for the sacrifices. The parasha starts off with a seeming duplication. It says, Vayomer Hashem el Moshe emor el ha-kohanim haron v'amarta alehem. It looks like a duplicate of the word Omer. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Kohanim, the sons of Aaron, and say to them. That duplication of the word Emor and Ve'amarta is the subject of a lot of rabbinic analysis, as one might expect. Um, on the most superficial level, um, telling uh, Moshe about, and using the word twice would imply that repetition is critical to understanding and becoming more familiar with the Torah and with the law. And we see that repetition is a hallmark of Jewish life. We see it in the Shema, where we say, Vishinantam Levanecha, and that Shinanta means to repeat. And um, in fact, we even know that when it comes to uh, classifying the most important mitzvot in the Torah, the consensus after much debate is that the most important uh, mitzvah that we do is it akeves hayechad taseh baboker ve'et akeves hasheni taseh ben arbaim. The first uh, slaughtering, the first sacrifice takes place in the morning, the second one takes place uh, in the uh, afternoon, uh, in the late afternoon. And so we see this idea of repeating coming up all the time. And so uh, that's, that's, that's the one understanding of this duplication of the word omer, emor and ve'amarta. The second one, um, which I think is quite instructive, is Moshe is talking to the Kohanim. And the first emor tells the Kohanim that they have to be very familiar with what came before this parasha. And the second one appears to reflect what's coming in this parasha because it deals primarily with the Kohanim. And the rabbis tell us that it is as if God is telling Moshe to tell the Kohanim, first, do what everybody else does. You're not excluded. You're not removed from what everybody else does. All the mitzvot that were in the previous parasha of Kedoshim, the holiness parasha itself, the kind of mother load of Jewish holiness, everything there applies to you too. And in addition, these Kohenic uh, restrictions and, and obligations apply to you because it's fairly common for people who are in an elevated position to believe that they're excluded from what everybody else does. And I find that to be quite a meaningful uh, and valuable interpretation. It's worth noting that Jewish life has holiness in three domains, holiness in time, holiness in space, and holiness in persona. 
And um, all three manifestations of that holiness are evidenced only once during the year when the Kohen Gadol enters the Holy of Holies. And over there, you have the coalescence of three elements. The Kohen is the, it symbolizes the holiness of persona. It takes place in the, in the Holy of Holies, which is the physical space with the ultimate holiness, and of course, in the state of Israel. And it also is on the holiest of days, which is Yom Kippur. And so we see over the last parasha and now how the Kohanim work and how that is a prototype. It's a way for us to see all three elements of holiness coming together. One of the sacrifices that's um, given is a sacrifice of gratitude. Um, and, and that sacrifice of gratitude is something quite inspiring about it. The, the, the animal that's offered up by those who are coming to bring the sacrifice of gratitude, that entire animal must be eaten up that night and cannot be kept until the following morning. And what that means, physically and obviously, is that the family who brought the sacrifice must share it because it's simply too much food for one family to eat uh, in an evening. And so we see over there that the way you express gratitude is, first of all, to, to acknowledge to Hashem that you're grateful and then to share the blessings you have with those around you. We then move into the section a call which is described as Chelek uh, HaMu'adim or Parashat HaMu'adim where we learn about the festivals and all the festivals are enumerated in their order in the calendar starting with Pesach and going through. Interestingly, though, not, no sooner has the parasha uh, linked to the idea that these are my muadim, and muadim basically mean, we think of them as festivals, but the word muad actually means uh, a meeting place. Think of uh, Ohel Muad, for example. So these are times when God and the Jewish people, so to speak, meet. And no sooner has the section leapt into the idea that we're about to learn about the so-called muadim, which we traditionally translate as festivals, and the first, um, the first part of it deals directly with Shabbat, which at first glance seems extremely strange. But as we look at it more deeply, we see that Shabbat and the other Moadim go together very interestingly and in a magnificently complementary way. The day for Shabbat was fixed at the time of creation and has never changed. It is God's choice day for commemorating the Shabbat. On the other hand, the dates for the Moadim, the other Moadim, are really fixed by us. And that's why when we make the bracha for Shabbat, we say Mekadesh HaShabbat. When we bless the Moadim, we say Mekadesh Yisrael Vehazmanim, which means Hashem blesses the people of Israel, who in turn sanctify the times and the dates are set by us through the Sanhedrin. In fact, how incredible it is that we fix the date on which Yom Kippur, for example, takes place. That is what God gave over to the people. And this partnership of the calendar is very powerful in combination. We know that Shabbat is Makor Habracha, the source of all blessings. And therefore, it is likely that Shabbat was put there because it is from observing Shabbat that we learn what blessings are, where they come from, 
and we understand how to imbue the other festivals with the sanctity that originates at the creation of Shabbat. So it is, it is first. It also, Shabbat is really God's festival. He picks the day and comes to visit us on that day each week. It should be clear from how we dress, how we prepare our Shabbat table, that we are really expecting an honored guest. And the Lechado D talks about boy kala, boy kala, the image of the, um, the Shekhinah, God's presence moving into the home and joining us. Whereas the festivals, the other festivals, are really our festivals. And we go to God during those festivals and bring him the gifts of sacrifice. The fact that Shabbat is home-centric and the Muadim are temple-centric is evidenced by the Musaf that we say on the Muadim, where we start the, the main Musaf by saying, because of our sins, we were exiled from our land. And then we go on to bemoan the fact that we can't be in the temple, we can't do the sacrifices, we can't do what was done in the days of old, and so on. While the temple and the uh, lacking of sacrifices is certainly mentioned uh, in the Shabbat Musaf. It is more of a routine mention, the same as we do in benching and always yearning for Jerusalem to be rebuilt, but nowhere near the intensity or the specificity of the, uh, of the Musaf services of the Muadim, where it is the, the center of our, uh, of our bemoaning the fact that the temple is no more and was the critical place where the, where the festivals were celebrated. Shabbat is also not only one day. Shabbat infuses the entire week. We count the days of week compared to Shabbat and so on. Whereas, so God's holiness infuses our entire life. The holiness where we go to Hashem and where we decree, decree the dates uh, to be in place, we go there, but they're much more time-specific. One final point. Immediately after the Muadim are mentioned, we go right into the lights in the temple. And uh, that is in the right sequence for the festival of Hanukkah, which came much, much later, but was uh, prefig prefigured, previsioned, uh, hinted at strongly by this, that the festival of Hanukkah is already alluded to right in its place in the calendar in this week's parsha. And uh, therefore, it assumes an additional holiness, not only because it is here in the right place, but because Hanukkah was the fulfillment of the promise to Aharon when he felt that his tribe was not given a fair shake um, at, the, at the consecration of the Beit HaMikdash. And God says to him, Shelcha, you know, yours is greater than theirs. In other words, your descendants will keep lighting the lights of the, of the Beit HaMikdash forever. So with that um, inspirational thought, may we all light the candles. May we all be part of the great Hanukkah miracle. And let's always remember that the Hanukkah menorah not only has eight candles, but there's a ninth one, the Shamash, the one that makes everything else possible. May we all merit to not only light the candles, but be a Shamash in our lives, facilitating light for others. Shabbat Shalom.